0: This morning's message is called Raising the Bar. Raising the Bar is the title of this morning's message and I want us to begin to think about this question that we asked at the beginning a few minutes ago. Is my passion for his presence or glory measurable outside of the expression of local church services? And when we ask ourselves this question and, and, and as you look at the center of the stage right here down the middle, let's just say this is, this is the glory line, okay? This is where the line of glory comes, and we ask ourselves this question, is my passion or, or is there a measurable expression of his glory and presence measurable outside of the worship service? It's, it's like we ask the question and we're, expi- we're we're aspiring to get to this point. We're aspiring to step into his glory. We're aspiring to see it happen not just at church but at home when, it, when I decide today that I'm going to be what God called me to be and I'm going to read the Bible to my family. Give me an amen. Come on. We, we look at it like it's a line we're trying to step to and achieve like it's a finish line when the true question is, is why am I not experiencing his glory in a measurable encounter all the time And I live on this side of the line, not that I finished and it's a line that His glory stops and there's a line like a finish line. I didn't run through the line and finish, but I crossed the line of glory and stepped into something that doesn't end. And we begin to ask ourselves this question, and it's the right question to ask. Is there an encounter, a measurable uh, encounter of His glory outside of my local worship services? And that's true, but... In this, as we approach this line and we experience it, my question now becomes, why does it become a a once-in-a-while glory and not a all-the-time glory? That what we encountered in our personal time or in our quiet time or in other areas of our life when we tap into the greatness of it, why don't we stay in the fullness and now that we've experienced it, this is now the bare minimum and we raise the bar and say anything less than this is not satisfactory for me to live in any longer. Amen. See, a lot of us run to it like it's a, like it's a water fountain. It's like, whoo, get a taste of his glory and we don't go back until we get thirsty again. And then we run up to it and we want a little bit more. It's like, whoa, that was good. But then we step back into normal life. Can I tell you this? Jesus did not die for once in a while glory to fall upon his church. Jesus did not suffer and die on the cross of Calvary and go through all he went to that the Bible says in Psalm 103 for us to just run to it when we're thirsty and then go back to normal living. Jesus died for it on the cross of Calvary so we could walk into it, step into it. And he said, I don't just want to give you a taste because he goes on to say, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. I don't just want you to come drink. I want it to begin to flow out of you. Come on now. Jesus didn't die for once-in-a-while glory. Jesus didn't die for once-in-a-while manifestation of his presence to come upon the church. Not just when we have church, but every day of our life because we are the church. Come on now. Jesus didn't die so that we could tap into it when we felt like it. Jesus didn't die so that when we feel holy and righteous... The Bible says you are righteous, so you need to start walking in a new realm of holiness. The Bible says a lot of different things, but sometimes we just want to tap into the glory when we feel like it. Can I tell you, if the only time his glory shows up in Pastor Joel's life is on a Sunday morning when he begins to preach, his glory ain't showing up. Because there must be a measurable expression outside of Sunday morning worship services. And it must happen continually. As we move forward and we raise the bar, you no longer can come to church and say, I hope he shows up like he did last week. You no longer can walk in and say, "Woo, God did something for me last week. I hope he shows up again this week. You need to begin to look at that bar, that measuring line of what he did last week or yesterday or the day you got born again, if that's the greatest measure of his glory that you've ever experienced. You need to begin to look at that bar, that line, as now becoming the bare minimum, and you've crossed the line, and you're looking back and say, I can no longer digress past this point and it's up to me to hold myself accountable that I'm going to walk in this much of his glory because it's the most I've ever experienced so I can press forward into this much. We've been looking at the bar wrong. We've been trying to reach it as a finish line, not realizing it's not a finish line. It becomes a minimum standard of where I now begin to operate as a believer. We begin to raise the bar because Jesus didn't die for once in a while glory. His death was worth way more than that. And if we are satisfied with once in a while glory, we're saying, God, I'm more happy with the way things were in the old covenant than what Jesus did for me to have in the new covenant. And that's a scary thought that the church in the world today is happier with what the old covenant was, with once in a while glory that will fall upon an anointed man once in a while and miracle signs and wonders and visions happen rather than what Jesus died for and set the line where it says, I will pour my spirit about upon all flesh, men and women. Come on. See, we're happier with Old Testament glory. Maybe that's why we haven't seen the New Testament outpouring. We're happier with Old Testament glory. Maybe that's why we haven't seen a great New Testament outpouring. But today I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm asking for a shift in your thinking to happen. Of A shift of why haven't I been standing on this side of the line looking back and pressing into more? And why have I been standing on this side of the line just trying to achieve it momentarily? A lot of it is because of this. You've been trying to achieve it momentarily because you've learned by what you've watched. Not by what God wants you to experience. You've learned it by what you've seen. And once in a while in church, somebody gets saved. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And once in a while in church, somebody has a testimony how God changed their life. So we begin to expect God to move once in a while. And we learn by what we've seen, not by what the Spirit of God has told us. And so I'm asking you to have a a paradigm shift in your thinking, a, a complete transformation that something changes, that you're not satisfied with a once in a while, but you're now satisfied that I get to receive it all the time and move it in all the time. In a Brookshire's parking lot, come on. (laughs) In a gas station parking lot. In a Walmart parking lot. Okay, or you can stay inside where it's a lot cooler. I don't care where you have it happen. I need you to begin to think differently. What I'm trying to do here in this message is do this to your brain. Pull it way over here to this other side. Because a lot of us have never thought that this was even possible. And the Bible says this in Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when you begin to think, once again, that all things are possible to those who believe. God's not trying to hold it back. In fact, he's trying to get me into a position to pour it out. He's going to begin to change things in every area of your life. We must begin to raise the bar. And as we begin to raise the bar, when the encounter of a measurable expression of his glory is something so amazing, it should be celebrated. When you have a measurable expression of the glory of God, it should be celebrated. Amen? I mean, I've heard celebrations all this past week about what happened last Sunday. And I'm celebrating with you. But what concerns me is if it goes past this Sunday, we're not celebrating it, we're commemorating it. We're not celebrating it any longer. We're commemorating it. And when you commemorate something, it means you set it up as, as, as basically the, the top pinnacle of something that has happened. And it's the be-all, end-all of what can happen. Whenever you're watching the, 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 the championship of whatever sport, be it baseball, football, the greatest sport in the world, soccer, whatever you... <laughs> I knew I'd get something. Whether it be basketball, as soon as, as soon as championship game is done. I'm talking it hadn't been done 30 seconds. see, Sports Illustrated, come on, and said, hey, get your commemorative select edition of the world champion, blah, 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 whoever it is. I was going to look for something with Michigan Wolverines, but it's been so long. <laughs> Lord, help us. And it's a commemorative edition. Why? Because they achieved the pinnacle. They achieved the fullness of. They can't get any higher than. And a lot of times when God does something great in our life, it's right to celebrate it, but don't commemorate it. Because that means you're putting a be-all, end-all to an infinite God who says, God surely can't do more than this. And if you're putting a limit on an infinite God, you're trying to make him finite, bringing him into your line of thinking rather than you stepping into his line of thinking. So when God does a great outpouring of his spirit, I want you to celebrate it. I want you to jump up and down and dance. I want you to do whatever's in your heart to do. Celebrate it in the moment, but don't commemorate it. Because what you commemorate many times becomes an idol in your past that you never get past. I'm going to say that again. Many times what you commemorate becomes an idol of something that happened in your past. That you never get past. The people who win state championships. Man, you're pushing 70. I remember when I was 17 years old. The biggest game of my life. And you're still in the biggest game of your life. Good Lord, you missed 60 years thinking about the biggest game of your life. I don't want to miss the next 15 to 20 years of my life because of what God did last week. I'm going to celebrate it, but I'm not going to commemorate it like it's God's be-all, end-all. I'm going to keep pressing forward and say, God, if you got that, what else you got in there? Let let, let me give you some examples in my own personal life of decisions I've had to make in my past about celebrating versus commemorating. And I I was going through some stuff, and I found this the other day. And it says, Sulphur Springs High School. I was proud of this moment. I graduated high school. I graduated high school because when I was a kid in in, in, in intermediate school, they said I I needed to be in developmental math, and I was a great hard worker, but that's what he would be, a great hard worker all his life. And so when I finally graduated high school, I was so excited, and I celebrated it, but I almost made a mistake and commemorated it. Like it was my be-all, end-all. Like there was nothing more for Joel because of what teachers have said. Like there was nothing more for Joel because I didn't take my ACT and I didn't take my SAT and I didn't take anything that would help me go further on in life. And I, and, and I, was, and I almost made a mistake and I commemorated it. And, it's, and, and the mistake I made by almost commemorating it, it was a mistake that I didn't commemorate it. Because one of my friends, he said, Joel, I want you to go to junior college with me. And I said, I can't. And he said, why? I said, I didn't take my ACT. I didn't take my SAT. I didn't take any of those things. And he said, it doesn't matter. You can go to the first nine hours of school and you don't have to take any of that stuff. And so I said, okay. And so I, did, I, I no longer commemorated this because I made a decision to go past this. Some of you in your spiritual life only have a high school diploma. And when there was a great thing that happened and God moved through you and you led somebody to the Lord one time 15 years ago, it's your high school diploma and you said, yes, God can move and he can move through me. And you still look back at the one person you saved. And I'm not making fun of the one person you saved because it's great. But you commemorated something you should have just celebrated. And so two and a half years later, I walked across another stage. Something I never thought was possible. And I got my associate's degree. I I, I commemorated this for a while. Because I wasn't even supposed to go to college, much less graduate with an associate's degree. I even met my wife in that semester. Woo, come on now. That's why I commemorated it. That was a special semester. And and I'm glad she wasn't as smart as I was. Because I was smart. I chose her. She wasn't so smart. She chose me. And so I looked at this, and it says, Associate of Science. <laughs> that's funny, because I don't like science. <laughs> Shows how much all you educators really know. It's like, that's not what that means. I know it's not what that means. <laughs> and it says, August thirteenth, nineteen 1999, last century, I graduated. And, and, and for, a, for about three weeks, I commemorated it. But my commemoration faded to a hunger. And I just began to celebrate it again. And so I went on a few years later to a school right down the road. And I got my bachelor's degree. Bachelor of Business Administration. I was proud on that day. Sherry's parents bought me this frame. I loved it. And I commemorated it. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with education. I got my bachelor's degree. I wasn't even supposed to get my associate's degree. I was just glad to graduate high school, and I finally got here. And you know what? This little boy who was in developmental math and hated math and still doesn't like math very much didn't realize that when he signed up for business school, that tells you everything you need to know. (laughs) When you got to take accounting one and counting two and algebra one and algebra two and calculus one and calculus two and all the other, finance one and finance two and, and whatever else there is, Lord, help all you business degree people that don't like numbers. And I got done with this. And I also realized that through this, I got done with business. And this created a hunger for a calling. So I didn't just commemorate this. I I, I thought about commemorating this. But I decided just to celebrate this. And in 1999, when I graduated with this degree, I, I started a church. And when I graduated with this degree, I quit the business world to go full-time at the church and I love to celebrate it but I said I'm just now starting I can't commemorate it so it's just a frame and a piece of paper some of y'all are freaking out okay it's a frame and a piece of paper okay it's a frame and a piece of paper and that just goes to prove my point you're freaking out about a frame and a piece of paper and you've commemorated something I haven't commemorated Come on, you've commemorated something I haven't commemorated. And so I began to go, and I began to see God, and I said, God, what do we need to do? How do I need to press forward? And so he said, start over. And I said, what do you mean start over? He <laughs> said, I want you to go to seminary. And a few years later, I got this, another bachelor's degree. And it looks good. It looks pretty. But the one thing God said, Joel, celebrate it, but don't commemorate it. Because the, memor- the moment you start commemorating paper over pages, you're done. The moment you start celebrating that paper over these pages, those papers that are dead versus these pages that are living and active, you're done because I can teach you something they can't. I haven't exhausted the end of God. This was just my discipline when I got my master's degree in it. This was just my discipline. And I celebrated now discipline that God wasn't done with me, that I still had paper, but the pages are more valuable than the paper. And so I got that frame, and I, and I celebrated that. But I began to fall in love with the Word of God on a whole new level. And so I celebrate that Because I commemorate this. This is the be all end all of God. This is the fullness of him. This is the beginning from the beginning in Genesis to the end in Revelation where it says amen. And you know what? I still believe this. All his promises are true. But if I would have commemorated that, this would no longer be living and active. So you're supposed to celebrate stuff. Celebrate occasions in your life. Celebrate anniversaries in your life. Celebrate everything you can in your life. Celebrate it, but don't commemorate it because the minute you commemorate it, you say it's the pinnacle. It's the be all, end all. It's the done. It's the finished. And can I tell you what? God wasn't finished after a master's degree, but I realized something. As I would go to begin to write a paper that's over 150 pages long, and, and I get this, it's called, a, it's called a doctorate degree in something, in theology or whatever, and, and I really didn't care. I didn't care, and it's in a frame, and it's a piece of paper. So much I didn't care, I got in trouble by people on my staff that said, why are your diplomas stuffed in an envelope behind your bookshelf? (laughs) Because they don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. It's been years achieving that and accomplishing that. But what I accomplished was this, and what I achieved was this. I realized all oh, that's great, but there's nothing greater than this. Yeah. Yeah. There is nothing greater than His Word. And not just His written Word, but His revealed Word that comes through His written Word. If you limit God to just the pages in this book, you're limiting God again. And you must not limit God to what's in this book. This needs to be the foundation of what God can do. When you see the miracles that Jesus Christ did how he walked on water, you need to celebrate and say, if that's what Jesus did in the old covenant, because that's what Jesus operated in the old covenant, if that's what Jesus did in the old covenant, I'm going to begin to celebrate what Jesus did, but I'm not commemorating what Jesus did, because I believe God can still do greater things than Jesus walking on water. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And we must, as we are on a pursuit and a quest for the glory of God, we must celebrate great victories over and over. And, and we are the most celebrating church I've ever seen. Come on. We celebrate kids. We celebrate when our kids are bad because God's changing them to good. We celebrate, I mean, we celebrate them. We celebrate you. We celebrate base groups starting. We celebrate at base groups ending. We celebrate everything. I mean, if you don't believe it, we got a t shirt for all of it. <laughs> Come on now. Why? Because everything we do, we know it's a possibility for the glory of God to show up, and so we celebrate it, but when it's done, we don't commemorate it as the be-all, end-all. It's like, whoa, we've arrived because we haven't arrived because every time we're done with it, we're saying, oh Lord, what do we do next because God's brought us to another level, and so we trust in Him as He brings us further in His glory, and now we find ourselves as staff and elders and leadership and you as the church, we live on this side of the line of glory. Looking back, we don't want it once in a while, but we're going to walk in the fullness of who He is and every he's done celebrate moments in your life all means celebrate it celebrate it like there's no tomorrow but the minute but the minute you commemorate it and say this is God's finest moment in my life and you keep looking at that moment and you keep looking at that moment you're turning your back on the future glory of God did you notice that? Your moment was here. It was the line of glory. And as you are moving into his glory, if you stay focused on that moment, your back is now to the face of God. And God says this, I resist the proud, but I give grace to those who are humble. I mean, you, you give all glory to God. Just like it says, we say the amen so the, to the glory of God. But in saying it to the glory of God, it means you're willing to leave it there. It means you're willing to leave it there. Come on. The miracle God did in me and my wife seven years ago, eight years ago, yeah. we love it. We still celebrate it, but we didn't commemorate it as be-all, end-all. Because we knew what God did for us, he could do for every other couple that wanted to get pregnant in the world. So we began to lay our hands on people struggling to get pregnant. Yeah. We celebrated. it. We use that as a faith booster. But we didn't commemorate it. Why is this so important? Why is these things so important? Paul goes on to say it like this, Philippians three, twelve through 14. Paul says, Paul says, get this, one of the greatest apostles who ever lived, not that I have already obtained it all, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus Christ took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Forgetting what is behind. Forgetting what is behind. Good, bad, ugly, all the same, forgetting what is up behind. I press on. I strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature, every Christian thinks they're mature, Lord help us. All of us who are mature should take view of such things or look at it like this. And if at some point you don't agree... That, too, God's going to change your mind and make clear to you. (laughs) Paul said, if you don't agree with me, good. God's going to change your mind so you do agree with me. He goes on to say this. This is your personal challenge. Only, only, only let us live up to what we've already attained. When you've encountered this measure of his glory, you're, you're required now to live up to what you've attained. Only let us live up to what you've attained. And that's a personal challenge for everybody in this room. I'm not expecting you to live up to my standard or Pastor Mitch's standard or or, or any of the staff or elders' standard. But I am expecting you to live up to your standard. Whatever you've come to and what you've attained up to this point, you are now held accountable for. And so I want you to live up to what you've already attained. The challenge to raising the bar is this. It comes in a response to what he did. When you press into his presence, many people think of the amazing things that occur in the supernatural. The greatest thing about his presence and the glory is not what I get to do, but a deeper revelation of what he did. With a deeper revelation of what he did, my statement should always be this. Let's raise the bar. Or in TWBC language, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop moving forward. What have you put in your life that you're celebrating, always looking back when God said, that's great, but, it, but it's the minimal standard for your life now. It's the minimal standard for your life. What have we commemorated in our past that's not letting us get past Our past. And what are you celebrating now? Continue to look back and celebrate every victory time and time and time again. Over and over and over again. Celebrate it. But don't commemorate it.